as a as a church family, we're we're working through our series, uh, Courageous Resistance, and uh, here's another great uh, slide with that on. And, and we're thinking about two things with courageous resistance. We're, um, you know, those could look like negative words. Well, courage is positive, isn't it? But resistance. What, what we're thinking about these words as the Bible thinks about these themes, this, this theme of courage and resistance. And you may remember if you've been journeying with us for a little while, we were looking in the book of Daniel. Um, and there's, a, there's, yeah, there's definitely a sense that in one way we're thinking about times where as followers of Jesus we need to dig our heels in. And in a way through the Daniel series that we were doing just over the last three weeks, and we were thinking about Daniel not compromising, not being driven by fear. We were thinking about that sort of imagery almost of like digging his heels in. But we're also thinking about being on the front foot. On the front foot as, as well. Because that's how the Bible talks about resistance. It talks about, um, you know, dig your heels in when you need to, stand up for what's right, don't get blown around by rubbish, but also be on the front foot with what God is doing. And that's the way we're thinking about it. And, and this series is a little bit more, this over February is a little bit more thinking about the front foot. Here's an image that I used five years ago, six years ago nearly, when I, I came. It's of a wild salmon. Tim, last week I think it was, or the week before, talked about, you know, live swim salmon, swim up the stream. It's only dead salmon, you know, kind of float down the, the river. And I've used this image before to talk about us, Trinity, called to be God's people, are all called to be like the wild salmon, not like a, a farmed salmon, not kind of just, you know, swimming around and around in circles, just getting fatter. But we're, we're called to be more like the wild salmon, you know, going for it, courage. And front foot thinking, tonight we're thinking about what does it look like to be on the front with, foot with our sense of purpose and ambition. And these guys are going to answer, answer some questions after I've just said a couple of things about it. So the first thing is, I just want to suggest, I'm going to ask these guys to comment, um, that sometimes as Christians we can feel difficult, perhaps, about talking about purpose and ambition. I, th- I think almost Christians, followers of Jesus, we can think, well, you know, shouldn't re- is it right to be ambitious? And of course, we're living in a world, and particularly, you know, you guys may be some of our younger generations here tonight. You're living in a world where people's definition of purpose and ambition is all about outward, external ways that, that you judge those things. You get external rewards, money, celebrity, influence. That's really not doing it though, is it? Because at the same time, you know, we've got this kind of you know, imagery about purpose and ambition through those things. But anxiety, fear, feeling like you're lost, you don't know what your purpose is. And the good news is that, that God is deeply bothered about these things because purpose, that's really you know, the essence of, of knowing who we are, why we're here, and ambition. What are the things that we can give ourselves to? I don't know if you probably don't watch telly at the same time as me, but um, I love uh, I love this uh, you know Ben Fogel's New Lives in the Wild. There's a there's a picture of it here. Um, Maybe you've seen the program where Ben goes around to some really interesting places and visits people who've gone off grid, and they're kind of saying, I don't want to do it the world's way. I want to I want to find myself. I want to find purpose. 
define my ambitions, not by the world kind of outside stuff, but, but something inside. Here's a quote from Steve Jobs, founder of Apple. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your inner voice. And most important, have the courage, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. And when an iPhone 16 comes available, buy it immediately. Uh, so we recognise, we, we feel, and there's a world around us wanting some good news. And we have good news to share, don't we, as followers of Jesus? Because uh, Jesus said this here from John 10.10. Jesus said the thief, and he's talking about the evil one, the devil, comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. And we've been talking about the spiritual reality when we talk about courageous resistance. We've been talking about the reality that there's spiritual forces at work. But Jesus says, I've come that you, they may have life and have it to the full so lovely, lovely panel. I wonder, do you, do you agree that there's a kind of moulding that goes on? Have you experienced um, the kind of world maybe trying to mould your thinking about um, ambition and purpose? And, and do you kind of agree with me, this thought that maybe sometimes as Christians we're, we don't talk about these things enough? Hold, are you going to go? Are you going to go first? Sorry. Oh, you were putting it down. Going, no, it's somebody was, else. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Hold. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's um, we see in the media, don't we? It's a bit of an amplification of our fears, and um, it can play into that and tap into that quite easily. So, just by switching on the news, we can kind of our whole being can change. We can feel that fear in a different way. So um, than if we weren't watching. Um, not saying that we shouldn't be watching the news it's mm. really important to be but um, it can feel overwhelming when it's all coming from every angle and when you've got all sorts of um, uh, apps on your phone where lots of people are trying to get hold of you again it can just feel non-stop yeah. so yes I agree there's a, there's a massive thing isn't there about the fear of missing out mm. You know, and you have to, you know, just if I don't look at my phone or I don't, you know, and other people are having much better lives than I am, aren't they? Because, you know, they've got all these photos of amazing things. What about either Ollie or, or Rebecca? So I didn't introduce them. Rebecca, hello, Rebecca. Ollie, hello, Ollie. Hello. Holly, anyone else who can rhyme with Holly or Holly? Um, Ollie, what do you, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think the world in which we live very much shapes who we are. And uh, if we're not on the ball... Um, it can very subtly uh, change who we are through the different influences, um, maybe like social media or um, uh, I'm a massive fan of the US office. I watch it all the time and I sometimes feel some shows can almost seep into who I am right. through the amount I watch them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some more wisdom from Rebecca. We're now going to do, do some impressions of you. Re Rebecca, what about, what about you? I hope I'm not going to offend you by saying you're a little bit further in life's journey than these, these two. Um, you own a business. You're, you, you and your husband, Nick, have, uh, own a business. What do you think about this sense of the world trying to mould what you're thinking is about how you judge purpose and ambition? Yeah, uh, very much so. And when I, I am a bit older, and when I was 
a young uh, adult in the church, the pressure was that women should be at home and look after their children. Right. And that didn't work for me. But now I think the pressure is you should be out being a career woman. And that doesn't necessarily work either. So I think the world is, and the world in the church and in your family, people who care about you as much as people who, who just sort of judge you, they, they all know best. They all know what they think you should be doing, what you must and should and ought, and you'd be happy if... And, and you really have to walk with God and hear what he's got to say for you because um, the pressure is on. Great. Well, not great, but yeah, thank you. So here's, here's our thought. Here's, here's maybe just my three wonderful guests agreeing with me that there's something here about, yeah, maybe the, the digging our heels in, standing firm. But there's also this how can we be, how can we be on the, the front foot? Um, and, and the good news, as I've said, that we have... An answer to, to this challenge, to these questions. I wonder if you could, whoever's the wonderful person on the slides, jump to the one which is the message version of John 3.66. I'm just jumping on about three or four slides. Thanks, Jamie. So here is what God says. Here's what the Bible says is the fundamental answer. So we've talked about um, a worldly way of thinking about um, the intrinsic, uh, sorry, the extrinsic kind of rewards that you get, the external ways to think about purpose. Here's what the Bible is saying about the intrinsic, the inside. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met now, some of you may know that um, the sort of kind of more usual version of that that we perhaps have grown up with, many of us, not all of us, of course, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So we've got the thief who comes to steal, does that through world kind of ways, trying to steal away from us a sense of true purpose and healthy ambition. And we've got Jesus who says, God who says, I, I, if you put me first and seek me first, then everything else is going to follow. So I suppose my first message tonight is, is we already have got our main purpose and our most life-giving ambitions set out for us. Contrary to what the world is, is trying to say to us, we've been given this amazing purpose and these amazing ambitions, which are all to do with God's work. And, and here's what Jesus said when he was asked, What's the, well, what ambitions can you have? Mark uh, 12, 30, 31, coming up on the screen. Love the Lord your God. Some of us will be familiar with these words. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. There's a freedom that God wants us all to enjoy of knowing true purpose and having healthy ambitions. And here's another verse from a bit later in the Bible written by a guy called Paul to the Colossian church. He said here, 3.17, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, there's a challenge in this because I think we live in a world where a lot of the thinking is that if we move job 
or if we live somewhere else, or even if, sadly, we have a different partner, you know, the grass is always greener kind of thinking. I meet a lot of people who are saying, you know, I'm stuck where I am, and I'm just asking God to take me out and give me something new, and then I'll find purpose, and then I'll find ambitions. And what this is telling us is if we put God first, here's a challenge, then right where we are now is the place that we can have a real sense of purposefulness and healthy ambition. I find that really challenging. I do genuinely think to myself, oh, Andrew, if only you led a different church, it would be better. (laughs) Sometimes. I wonder if anyone else feels like that. I wonder if you feel that pressure. Because it's funny, the Ben Fogel stuff, that's actually saying, well... Get out of Cheltenham, go to Australia or the jungle in South America, then you'll be happy. God's challenge to some of us tonight be purpose where we are, ambition where we are right now. Lovely panel, uh, come to you Rebecca first. Have, have you found that a God first focus is freeing for you when it comes to thinking about purpose and ambition? Absolutely, totally and completely. Good, you um, can stay on the panel. No, go, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many scriptures about God will clothe you as the lilies of the field, God will provide for you. And having over the years worked, walked through some really hairy situations where it was touch, it, looked, it felt like touch and go and founding that he was faithful, you just find you don't have to worry about um, the things that the world puts pressure on, you know, having a fancy house or a big car or those things, because you know God will take care of those, which means you can focus on the exciting things of doing exploits and, and having ambitions to change the world through what you're doing. Is, is that an easy thing to do, you know, to, to, to put God first and then, you know, or is that a challenge? You have to work at that. Uh, I think it is a maturity thing, and I think there's areas of your life where Um, you go through some really challenging situations and then that settles it. You know that you can trust God in that sort of area. And then he finds another area that you haven't walked through before and then the challenge is back. So, you know, as you you walk through the years... So it's a progressive, it's a journey. I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Going, going, going around, Ollie. What about what about you? It, you know, does this feel freeing, or does it feel like, uh, oh no, another thing? <laughs> I think the um, the verse uh, "Seek ye first His kingdom." The prior, the the order is really important. Mm. Um, I think there have been some years in my life where maybe I have uh, put my career or something else first, um, and when I've reflected on it uh, later, I've realised that in in not getting that order right. Um, I have not actually found the fulfilment in what I wanted to. So um, I remember uh, five or six years ago, I used to be a tax advisor up in London. uh, And uh, for one particular year, uh, I did less of church and um, conferences and things like that. uh, And I did find it had a significant impact on my spiritual life. And I just realized that my priorities were clearly wrong. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Holly, what about you? Have you found this a freeing thing? Is it a freeing thing? Yeah, definitely. I think there's um, so many different angles at which you can see the Lord move that you wouldn't expect by putting him first. Um, we oft- you often say about there being battles and blessings at the same time. It's never all one and all the other. You're walking through life with Jesus. And when, one of the most freeing things that has ever been said to me is that we're joining in with what God is doing. 
we're not forging force and doing it all and he's following us or or we're following him we're with him mm. he calls us um in matthew 28 to to do life with him and he will be with us always to the end of the age and that's just such a beautiful picture that can so easily be lost when we're looking for our own ambition or when we're feeling a bit apathetic so yeah this this god you know as we've been saying that, that where we are right now and maybe a bit of a challenge to us some of us this sense of actually looking at where we already are what we've already got and how we can be serving god on our front lines front lines now um, does anyone want to jump in and 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 this question about how do we adopt a kind of an everything to god so that verse in colossians is very much about offering everything we do even tax advising um, we offer it as an act of worship to to god does anyone want to jump in on on that how you know a bit of your journey around this yeah, um, I, I think uh, the, the foundation of everything is the Bible, the Word of God, and mm. um, the way to, to live and sort of know the direction is um, to use scriptures as boundaries of what you may or may not do, as signposts for what God would like you to get involved with and what's a good decision to make, and also altars where you know you're accepting crucifixion and things are tough. So things, the boundaries are things like love God, don't steal, don't lie, you know, Ten Commandments. The signposts, I think the most important one in the New Testament is go make disciples. And it's easy sometimes to think, oh, that's a church thing, I can't do it. But actually, I can try and model Christian life. I can, I could get involved with teaching the children's ministry. or um, And I can fund, I can give money toward church activities, charity activities to make disciples. And then there's signposts in the Old Testament, the biggest one being Isaiah 58, where God's saying, if you will clothe the, for, the, clothe the, the naked, feed the hungry, a whole list of things, he said, then I will. And the stuff he offers to do for you is just outstanding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're, if you're wondering what's a good decision, then that's mm-hmm. a really amazing signpost. So if, if we're reflecting this priority, God's priorities... Yeah. Uh, for the poor, for the lost, if we're doing whatever we can in our circle of influence, yes. then then God is with us in it. And yeah. it's not a kind of, you know, oh, if you do this, then I'll do this. But he yeah. is able to bring more blessing because we're in yeah. that place of blessing. And yeah. you're going to go on to say something else? Well, well yeah, and, we, and the, you can always find opportunities. So we have a meeting which with COVID has moved on to Teams and uh, we're just starting to host it in weekly in a conference centre in Burundi. So right. our backdrop of pictures of the conference centre, every now and again we have one of the African people who pop in and tell us what's on offer for the meal of the day and that sort of thing. And we send them the money as if we were renting the conference centre. Oh, wow. So it's, it's fun, you know, there's sort of, you know, all the staff... Yeah enjoy it sometimes staff buy a round of drinks and their money goes off to Burundi as well but there's there's often ways of of just joining with God in some of these things that are fun but the last one is the altars and for me the key thing there um, there's the tithes and offerings two separate things but you bring your tithes to God but forgive so that's for those who don't know that's actually saying a first part of what I yes. earn, a first part of my time and my talent. I'm going to yeah. give that to God in worship. That's yeah. a tithe. Yeah. Yes. And offerings are sort of free will and can go anywhere. Your tithe comes to the church, the storehouse, right. the place that you draw your own mm. nourishment from. Mm. Um, and uh, f- scriptures like 
which to me, this is the biggie, uh, one of the most scary scriptures is, forgive me as I forgive others. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and you just think, oh, I've got to do that, and I've got yeah. to do that regularly. So that's an altar where I lay down, and sometimes that's hard. And yeah. So just again, so, if I may, just when you're talking about an altar, you're saying, for you personally, this is a place where there's real sacrifice, there's a real yes. action of obedience yes. to lay something down, and you're saying forgiveness Yes. Laying down hurts yes. that, that others have caused you. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. So. Guys, anything else that you just want to add at this point, either of the two of you? Not for me. <laughs> so just third final section. We're, we're moving quite quickly. I hope, I hope you're finding this helpful, just having some insights from these lovely, lovely three people. And you're, it's prompting you to think yourself, what does it mean to actually um, dig your heels in and say no to a worldly moulding of your sense of purpose and your ambition? What does it mean to get on the front foot, as we've been talking about just there, to say, God, I am going to put you first, even if it's got some altars, there's some things that I need to lay down that are hard. And so here's our third and final bit, which is We've got this big story that we share a purpose together. But yes, God does have purpose, personal purposes for us as well. Uh, he's made us each wonderfully, hasn't he? We're told wonderfully and fearfully. We're all a unique fusion of personality and giftings. And there's a, there's a promise. Here it is in Ephesians, another letter that Paul wrote. And we, we were looking at it, weren't we, together last term. He says, for we are his workmanship. We're God's workmanship. We're being created in Christ, in Jesus Christ, for good works, which God has prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. That's talking to the whole church of Jesus Christ in Ephesians. But it's also talking to us as well, isn't it? Hear the warning again. Not to let the desire for the personal purpose and saying, God, what should my, my ambitions be? Uh, you know, not knowing the answer to that, stop us from getting stuck into the things we already know. But here's this promise of personal. And, and seeking God in these ways, well, it's not, you know, I would say rocket science. It's things we've talked about. Um, for us at Trinity, it's this kind of sense of a, a rule of life. Here's a list of them now. How do we seek God's call on our lives? Prayer. And, and prayer, the critical thing is, where are we listening as well as where are we speaking? I sometimes think when my prayer life, God is saying, Andrew, you keep asking me questions. If only I could get a word in edgeways to tell you the answer. Digging into the Bible, God's word in our hands. Silence and solitude, that's this practice of, of a place of listening that Jesus followed. Wise counsel, uh, you know, honest truth. Are we taking more opinion from the world of social media and are we more worried about, you know, about how someone might react to something we say or a message through the world or are we taking wise counsel from people who've journeyed a bit, a bit ahead of us? And then trusting and acting. There's a real t- truth. If you haven't caught on to this yet and we've already reflected it, the truth is that God's will to us is revealed as we step out. I think we really live in a culture, and I think it's true in churches, where we can sit back and say, God, when, you know, until you tell me everything, I'm not moving. And God is saying, step out, step out. Just have a quick look at that list. Do any of those speak to you if you want to know more about your purpose and a sense of ambition? 
And then last one before I turn to, last little slide before I turn back to the panel just to ask them for some more thoughts as we kind of get towards the end of this third section. Here's just a model which some people find helpful as a kind of framework. There's that core stuff that we've talked about, which, you know, should be all of us have healthy habits around. But here's a framework that some people have found helpful for just trying to think about what might be God's particular calling for me. First question you can ask yourself is, what are my spiritual gifts? Some of you, that might be language that you're not familiar with. Um, uh, You know, maybe you're here and not really thought about this truth. But the Bible says that God gives us all at least one spiritual gift. What's your heart? What, what are you passionate for? What, what moves you? That can sometimes be so helpful a way to think about God's calling, God's particular things for you. What are your abilities, your natural talents and strengths? What about your personality? How are you wired? And experience. What, what can you see as you look back maybe a little bit? Or a question that sometimes people find helpful is, where do you feel most alive? It's just a little framework. And it's kind of putting them all together and inviting God alongside the regular framework that we've talked about. That, that can be a helpful little, little tool. Lovely panel, maybe starting with Ollie this time. Um, how, how do you seek God's wisdom? How do you try and have a sense of what God's particular kind of purpose and ambitions for you might be? Yeah, that's definitely um, something I've been thinking about quite a lot recently. Um, lots of big things going on in my life this year. And so finding out how I think about spiritual maturity in the context of all those things. Um, one of the verses I was thinking about was the one in Corinthians which is about uh, when you were a child, you thought like a child, but now you're an adult and you've moved on. And um, I was thinking about it last Sunday when we had the lovely baptism services, which is such a wonderful celebration of the start of someone's Christian life. Uh, But for me, um, I'm the sort of weird person at the end of each year, gets an Excel spreadsheet in front of me and reviews lots of stuff uh, financially and otherwise. And one of the things I review is like my uh, personal maturity, spiritual maturity. And it's wonderful when you look back on a year and you can see that you have made progress. And equally, uh, the reverse is true. It's um, not so fun to reflect on. Um, But yeah, that is definitely an area where I um, always want to see myself personally maturing in. I love that. I love that there are people wired totally differently to me and enjoy Excel spreadsheets. But what I love in it is the heart for review. The heart for being honest, the heart for becoming before God and, and, and really taking stock. I love that. Holly, what about you? Seeking God's wisdom and his particular call for you, purpose and ambitions. Yeah, that's been an interesting one. Um, I'm a very ambitious person, generally. I like to push myself and push my comfort zone out and keep going, keep going. Um, But over the last couple of years, it's been hard. Um, I've had an illness, and it's meant that I've had quite a lot of my capacity has disappeared, and I felt like I've been boxed in. Um, But actually, over the last year and a half, two years, um, I really have seen the Lord at work all through it. And I'm learning more and more how that ambition isn't a bad thing um, in this season. Uh, It's actually really heavily linked with uh, spiritual maturity, as has already been mentioned. 
Um, it's all about us becoming more and more like Jesus. That's the whole bottom line mm-hmm. of what we're called to, is becoming more like him and be- becoming more like who we've been created to be as well. He hasn't created us to be all the same. He's given us all very different gifts or very different people to be around. And uh, it's, ex- it's exciting. We're part of the church. We've all got different roles. And my role is just looking very different for the next period of time however long season we like to call it seasons don't we like in church but um it's it's about learning what it is that the lord is calling me to in this moment and right now i know what he's calling me to and that's to greater intimacy with him to learn more about his restorative heart for his creation and um i am excited to see how he continues to to grow that seek first him the kingdom everything else will follow Rebecca, seeking God's wisdom. And have you got any examples of times where you've stepped out in faith? I was saying that the, way, the Lord's way is that when we step out, you know, then more. Have you got any stories about that? Yeah, I've got one that really amazes me when I think about it. But about 10 years ago, um, I felt it was the right thing to start developing a new software product. And um, it has cost a great deal of time and money. There have been times where we have worried about whether it was the right thing to do and whether we were going to afford it, whether it's going to pull us under. And also, there have been times when I've experienced quite a lot of contempt from my competitors of what a ridiculous thing to do with a business. And then COVID hit, and some of those competitors disappeared out of business. And because of the product that we had, we have survived and thrived. And that is really quite breathtaking when I think about it. But there's also, on the other side, been times where I feel I've, I've heard God, I've obeyed God, I've done the right thing, and it's all <laughs> gone horribly pear-shaped. And uh, you, you, know, you do everything you should, and at the end of it, you've got relationships in tatters and a difficult situation and a broken life in some respect. And those are the times I feel like you've, you've climbed on the altar, you've offered God your obedience, and he's accepted it and poured it out as a drink offering, <laughs> which is one of the Israeli types of offering from the Bible. But, you know, you pour out that drink offering, there's nothing to show for it, but God has accepted it. And uh, so, you know, obedience doesn't always lead to mm. triumphant success, but sometimes mm. it can do, and that's mm. great fun. Mm. We've talked about the kingdom several times over the last weeks, haven't we? As a now and a not yet. 